Hi, as always, it's Darren. Uh, for any first-time listeners, I head up our account management and customer success teams here at Hagjob. This week, I'm joined by Michael Moore, Lead Recruitment Business Manager at Coxhills Motive. How are you, Michael? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Darren. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, so I, I think for the listeners that know nothing about Cox and know nothing about yourself, it'd be good, I guess, as a starting point, just to get a bit of a an idea about your background, how you fell into the role you are now, and then I guess afterwards, talk to us a little bit about Quartz Automotive. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, a bit of an interesting journey. I didn't start out in recruitment. I was in financial services, starting from college, really, up until the big credit crunch in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, by which time I was like in, in sales within financial services. And yeah, it was an um, interesting time. There was no jobs left in that sector, and I had to find a job which basically suited my skill set so had never thought about recruitment before and if I'm being honest my experience with recruiters wasn't very positive but yeah someone said to me give it a go you'd be good at it and yeah I, I started working for an agency in technical engineering sales recruitment and done that for about five or six years before thinking I'd like to move internally got a job with the agency I was working with recruiting agency people which was good but ultimately I wanted to work for a big organization and move more into sort of technology um, because obviously I could see that was going to become a really big part of the world moving forwards. So I was lucky to get a job with uh, Fujitsu. So nice. big, big Good IT brands, um, <laughs> completely different to, you know, Cox Automotive in terms of their market. I worked there for about 18 months and then I was presented this opportunity at Cox Automotive to build a internal recruitment function, which obviously was really appealing and, you know, I didn't know much about Cotswold Motive at the time, but looked into the business and yeah, it looked like a great opportunity and they're doing some really interesting things, which most people don't even know about. That's what I was about to say. Like I, I will openly admit before we start working together, yeah. I didn't know about Cotswold Automotive. So do you want to no. give us a little bit of a, a spill on Cox? Because they are a massive company. They're one of those massive companies that people just don't talk about. No, I mean, we are literally the world's largest automotive service organisation. So we work with you know, your car manufacturers, uh, large dealerships, finance houses, fleet companies, leasing companies. And we basically provide sort of solutions that improve their performance and profitability through the vehicle life cycle. So it's basically all to do with used vehicles. And obviously we are, you know, we've got the broadest, deepest, most complete view of the used vehicle ecosystem. And we basically connect that wholesale market Yep. at every stage of a vehicle's life with physical and digital solutions, also providing you know, good insight and expertise back to the market as well. So my first view is that, you know, unless you work in the automotive industry, you've probably never heard of us, but we are a really big company, over 2,300 people in the UK. And we're a global business, part of a billion dollar business. So um, yeah, no, we're, we're really big and, and as I say, an innovative business as well. I think what's really impressed me while we've worked together is that the journey that you're on transforming an industry, because obviously uh, that's why I, that's why I joined Hackjob. I joined Hackjob because we were saying, look, something is broken in the industry. It's really old. Everyone's been doing yeah. the same thing for the last 20 years. Like, let's break it up and, and disrupt it. And that's exactly what Cox are doing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was the thing that really sort of appealed to me. I, I knew they had their toe in that part of the technology world, but... You know, even in the three years that I've been here, the way the people are buying and selling cars is well, it's changing so rapidly and so quickly that, you know, we are in a great position to try and take advantage of that. But we've got to keep trying to 
think about what's the next product and we're very lucky business where we can make really quick decisions about moving direction but pretty much we've realized probably are the market leaders in this space in the automotive industry that you know people want to digitalize most of the journey um, and but there's still metal to move about as well of course you know we've looked at how we could do that from a digital platform point of view as well this is a tough question because I know that every business within Cox uses a different tech stack. But generally, what are you using in-house? Yeah, so quite a few. I probably won't cover all of them, but we do .NET, Java, React, Salesforce, Angular, HTML, CSS. We use AWS, Azure, Laravel, Kotlin. Yeah, there's just a few of the ones that we... <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, so each, each brand has their own sort of niche area that they get involved. And what's that like? Because for a lot of recruiters, what they'll probably do is they'll they'll source for one backend language. They'll they'll look for one framework on the front end. But yeah. on your day to day basis, you're covering a lot of different areas. Yeah. So, like, what's that like? Yeah, no, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, obviously the market's really tough, and you know, without uh, pre COVID, you know, the market was really quite tough for a business that maybe didn't have much of a presence in the technology space but I think if anything you know it just keeps things interesting from a recruitment point of view we're always looking from when internally within the business right what software can we use to help us do things better so you know in terms of attraction it just makes our job a lot easier if we're using the latest technology and um, we've got the latest platforms that people want to use as well so I think from that point of view that's that's what makes my job interesting and that's what I like to do. But yeah, it's a bit of a challenge at times when you're trying to recruit for about five or six different roles. <laughs> you can never go back to the same pool, can you? No, been... no, no. It's always moving. And we've got locations all over the place and we've moved to remote working now. And so, yeah, it's it's opened up a hell of a lot more people that we can speak to, which is great. Yeah, and uh, I think you, you were one of the first companies we worked with that made that switch to remote um, yeah. very, very quickly. So I think that was quite impressive that despite the size of the organization you're able to be very nimble and yeah able to move things around quite quickly yeah and, and to, you know when I moved here three years ago I come from Fujitsu which was ultimately very remote based and one of the first recommendations I made was that you know if we want to continue attracting the best talent we really need to try and move to this way of working uh, and if anything COVID you know has obviously um, made that happen across the board but yep. we were already doing this before COVID come into play. So I'm quite pleased that we're probably changing that again now after what's happening now to probably make all our technology team remote in the future. And um, you kind of spoke about it already, but obviously not everyone will know about Cox Automotive. It's yeah. made your life difficult at times because everyone you, you speak to or, or a large percentage of people you speak to from an engineering perspective yeah, probably be hearing about Cox for the first time. Yeah, which creates a challenge of having to sell when candidates, less so now, but six months yeah. ago, were absolutely filled out with roles of opportunities of of uh, opportunities that they could look at. Yeah. So I guess how did that change what your sourcing approach was, knowing yeah. that you need to sell every time? Yeah, again, you know, that's been one of the biggest challenges within the business. Uh, We're not Amazon and, you know, we need to work a lot harder to try and attract people and to try and get our message out there. So, you know, it's only early days for us in that regard, but we're we're certainly moving in the right direction. So, 
you know, we're getting involved in you know, meetups. So a lot of our senior tech people are attending these meetups and just naturally speaking to people about what we do and how we do it. It's not unnecessarily a big salesy pitch about come and work for us. It's more about, right, this is what we do. And it's getting that reach out to the right pools of people that, you know, we might be interested in in the future. And then obviously, you know, attending sort of tech events and, and trying to get more involved in doing that. Because if you went to an automotive event, we'd be at every single one. And if we want to be classed as a digital tech business, then, you know, we need to start attending more of these events as well. So that, that, those are the two sort of key things that we've done. We're blogging a lot more, we've got a GitHub page. So we're trying to get our message out a little bit more across social media channels about what we do and all the interesting things that we're working on. There's a lot of things coming through the pipeline, which, you know, I, I think is really interesting. I think you're on the same journey that a lot of companies are at the moment, because if you're a telco business or if you're a, a banking business or in your case, an automotive business, the days of being able to just go, look, we are we have our um, we have our shops and we have our auction houses that people can yeah. come to. And this is the, how we work and we won't change are completely gone. Yeah, you see that model now, you see what happened with blockbusters. Yeah, where, yeah. They're, they're an old example, but um, they fell apart simply because they didn't move with the times. So no. I think it's interesting the journey you're on. Yeah, I, and I think you know the the one thing I've noticed about this business is like how agile we are. Because you know if we're operating in a space and we don't see much value in it long term, we will then look and say, okay, we'll sell this business and we'll go and either build a new business or build a new brand. Or go and buy a business out there that's already operating in the space we want to move into and basically buy that business to help grow them and bring them into the wider portfolio of Cox Automotive. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, we we are able to change our direction quite quickly. If we don't feel that we're in operating in the right future markets, as well as the ones that are obviously doing quite well now, so the digital platforms, obviously, that, that's the key thing for us. Everyone's moving to more digital. So we've set up a brand called Dealer Auction, which basically provides a wholesale platform for selling vehicles. So to move away from the traditional way of selling a vehicle, which would be to attend an auction and spending two hours to get there, virtually all day there, two hours back, and you've wasted a day or two a week doing that same journey when you can open up your laptop and have auctions on 24-7. So, you know... It's made a massive difference to, to the market. And I think we're at 30% digital at the moment and 70% traditional, but that's already moved 10% in the last year. So I think that number is probably going to flip over to the other way around at some point in the future. Yeah. In the next few years. And um, that you kind of answered my next question. I was going to say, where, do you know where that will be, say, by the end of 2021? Is there ambitions? Yeah, of- I mean, we, we think it's probably going to be 50-50 before the end of 22 yeah so we're not that far away from it being more digital than but again it's so hard to really sort of judge it I mean the really interesting thing is we've got a team of data scientists and not many automotive businesses do and we tap into them to help us make more informed decisions about you know what we need to do and how it's going to change and that's how dealer auction came about yep and based on the fact that we knew and we predicted in the future that you know this would be 70 80 percent digital and, and the rest would be traditional physical auctions yeah and no, i think it's nice to bring a product out it's a smart thing to do because uh i'm 30 so i'm not 
not that old, not too young. So I'm kind of in the middle right now, but I would never go to an auction because it's just not how I, I do no, think I, I would, I would do everything digitally. So you're still capturing people like my dad who's in his sixties. Yeah. But you probably only got another 10, 15 years of that before everyone's yeah. going towards digital. But, you know, we, we think that there's going to be a, not everything will be done online, but the vast majority of it can be automated, can yes. be done you know, digitally, you know, from the point of, you still want to see the car probably, but you don't want to go through all that process of the haggling You can do that online, you know, choosing the color, you can do all that online. You don't necessarily need to be in the showroom to do that. So I think our customers who we work with have just slowly coming around to that fact. And if anything, they've been quite reluctant to go on that journey, but they've been forced into it because that's what their end customers want. And talk, talking about journeys, I know that you've said that you're on a journey with Cox, teaching them about the the kind of worth of, of recruitment and like how important putting the right branding and budget out there is. You're not alone. There's a lot of companies we speak to that maybe recruitment is seen as a, a an arm to get to somewhere rather than it being like a value add. Yeah. yeah. So have you got any advice for others that listen to this about how if you don't have the biggest budget, you can utilize it the best way? Yeah, I mean, it is difficult because, you know, with money, things become a lot easier. But ultimately, for smaller businesses like ourselves in the technology space, I think, you know, we need to be more agile, more quicker um, and move with the times and trends a little bit more. And, you know, we've found that asking for referrals from people that are coming into the business, offering remote working before other people, just trying to give ourselves a an additional edge to you know help us continue to attract the, the right sort of people because we're we're never going to go and spend you know 10k on uh, an advertising campaign to say come and join us. We've actually partnered with a business that everyone probably know called Auto Trader, and you know their recruitment they don't really need to do anything. They just put an advert out and they get hundreds of people apply. So you know we're trying to build our brand, trying to build our name and you know we'll slowly get there and, and and do it and i think you just have to do it organically it's not about you know necessarily coming out there and just spending lots of money to try and get it done because you know ultimately now in this current climate i, I just don't think there's that budget there to be able to do that so you need to get creative yeah no i think creative is the best word there i think that there's a lot of people that uh and i was having this debate with someone yesterday that you can you can say look we're going to buy recruiter seats and all these kind of things but the reality is it's not about the tools you have it's about how you use the tools to to your advantage because yeah. otherwise you it, it it's a tool it's not there to it's not a silver bullet so it depends on how you're using the tools like obviously no, exactly and i think you know the, the reason why we signed up with you guys is you know you were offering something different which sort of fitted into our sort of cultural way of thinking as well and i think you know it's is trying to look at those niche things if you keep looking at the same yep. places all the time you're only going to get the same people so yeah there's there's lots of things that you can do but um yeah being creative is probably the, the key word really for small businesses yeah agreed i try to avoid talking about covid on the podcast as much as <laughs> i can but we've just gone into the second lockdown so i think that covid is uh is something that's going to be on everyone's lips for for a couple of more weeks and months so how has covid affected the work you're personally doing at Cox uh, and has it, I guess, had a positive effect on, on recruitment? Yeah, to be honest, I, I've, I've been saying it to a few of the candidates I was speaking, speaking to recently. In some ways, COVID has actually helped us um, because the, the, the traditional way of people buying and selling cars has obviously had to stop because people couldn't travel, people couldn't uh, be in 
you know places where there was lots of people mingling about together which pretty much describes what an auction is and you know ultimately the people that would have put their feet into the ground to say oh look you know i'm not going to go down that path had literally, literally no other option other than to buy and sell a car using our online platforms and even our physical auction brand Mannheim, they were sending all their auctions out via simulcast and the demands in the last well since march uh, we obviously shut down for a couple of months and then in may demand has gone even higher to what the traditional methods were so it's been really positive for us because it's helped get people to buy into what we were doing a lot quicker than how it would have done if it was a more natural process so that's really helped us because ultimately the people that are using it are saving money time it's a lot more efficient it's open 24 7 and they're all very busy people and you know if they can save themselves a day two days you know, out of the office, out of the showroom, then, you know, there's obviously a win-win situation. So, yeah, COVID's obviously been quite challenging for the automotive industry in general, but certainly for us, it's just made people use our products quicker than they probably would have done more naturally. And I don't know how you, well, actually, I do know how you feel, but I'll give you the opportunity to give your own opinions on this. <laughs> but I think the, um, the market has shifted in the last few months where it's gone from, a candidate driven market back to a client driven yeah. market i don't think this is going to be the case long term but i suspect that you would say that there's been benefits on that side too for yeah them. yeah of course and look the, the main thing for us is we can move through the process so much more quickly now because yeah. everyone's working from home you know whereas before it might have took me two or three weeks to get a senior leader to to, to do a call or you know to do a face-to-face meeting i can now do that in less than a week which you know in terms of having the right candidates and moving through the process quite quickly, you know, that has been a massive, massive win for the recruitment side of things. So, but yeah, it's, you know, as you said, it's, it's definitely turned into an employer's market for now. And, um, you know, we're lucky that we are building headcount within our business. We've been given a lot of money by the U S to invest in our technology teams, which is obviously great news. And, you know, I think they've taken advantage of the fact that they knew this is probably happening in the market and quicker moving through the interview process more good candidates out there and we're obviously using technology to help us so we are pretty much doing all the interview process on microsoft teams without actually physically meeting someone which takes a lot of guts from you know a senior manager or senior leader to to take someone on without actually seeing them face to face but i think that's just the way things are going to move forward anyway i remember being in about march time and everyone thinking this was going to last for like a week or two. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and companies were, everyone was saying, oh yeah, it's fine, so we won't do it, we won't offer anyone until we get back into the office, like, and we start into the office. Yeah. Wow, we are now eight months down the road. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still get occasionally some managers saying, I want to meet them, and, you know, it's just, well, look, it's probably not the ideal time to do it. You know, we need to just trust the software and, and, you know, trust people, and I think our process is robust enough to understand whether that person that we're actually speaking is is actually who they say they are and what they say they do and you know all that type of thing so I think from my point of view it's just great that the hiring managers have now taken this on board it it just means that they can't go back to the more traditional way of doing it I think yeah well and I think kudos to to the business because you've got to think like Modex are based in Germany so so that that's quite extreme because it's a case of the you're not just talking about someone being 
I don't know, in um, in Liverpool to Manchester. Yeah. We talk about someone being across a border. Yeah. So like, it's obvious that there is a lot of interest from in the business in this being not just short-term, but long-term. No, definitely. And, you know, I think that's really interesting because, you know, a lot of our business brands have grown to the fact that they are more European-focused now. And I think over the next five years, we will probably... I mean, the UK market is very mature. We've got pretty much all our brands working over here. Um, but um, I can see we're going to be doing a lot more with Germany, France, Spain... Italy, Portugal, and, and Benelux region. So, um, you know, this cultural change of where people are based and how they do their work is is, is going to change because you're obviously not going to travel to Belgium or Spain every day to, you know, have meetings and whatever else. So, yeah, good. I, I hope it's here to stay because it just makes life a lot more easier. We were talking before the uh, before we start recording about what that means for for um, family life as well. You get to yeah. spend more time with, with your actual loved ones. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been great. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, you don't really get this chance to you know, spend as much time with them and being able to pick them up from school and, you know, just, just being able to be there a lot more, which is great as well. And I think everyone's really bought into that. And from an expenses point of view, I'm, I'm sure the business is very happy about the uh, millions that they probably saved while everyone's not been traveling around the country. So, you know, I think there's still a need for face-to-face, but, you know, a lot of the process before that can be done via video and via other links as well, other platforms. I wonder why everyone has moved towards Teams. I, was, I challenged this yesterday, that to, Microsoft did a hell of a job during the first team yeah. months of this, that everyone went to Teams, like Zoom, Zoom yeah. was coming up and then just disappeared. Like everyone is on Teams now. To, to be fair, we've always used Microsoft, you see, and it was a natural. So we used links before. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember those, but yeah. Um, yes. yeah so um, it was just a natural. We had be we had been using Teams, but they released the video before Zoom. So although no one was really using it at the time because everyone still wanted to do the face to face part, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it's funny. Everyone's on Teams now. Yeah, and uh, I think you, uh, the one thing I would say about Microsoft versus Google is have you seen all the Google apps now? They all look exactly the same color. Yeah, yeah. So um, I wish some of my my things were Microsoft now because at least then I'd be able to discern <laughs> the difference between them. Yeah, yeah. I tried to like, yeah, it is, I, you can't get away from using Google at the end of the day, but um, yeah, the business has gone down the Microsoft route, so it just makes a nice change. And Slack looks exactly the same too. So I've got, yeah. I've had to change the folders. I did have Slack, Hangouts, uh, Doc, and Gmail all in the same one. And I was like, I can't tell the difference between them. So I need to. I need to yeah, no, it's up. yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I get, I get where you're coming from. But yeah, nothing against Google, by the way. No, no, no. I love Google. <laughs> I love all the Google products. But it's just, uh, please yeah. don't make all your products look exactly the same from that perspective. No, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, make it easier. <laughs> exactly um so i guess there's a final question and this is a bit mystic meg but what yeah. is your opinion on what the future of hiring looks like yeah no it's a good one because I've, I've obviously been talking about this with with my boss and it's going to get a hell of a lot more automated more digital and you know there's going to be better tools and tech to use to speed up the process help find better candidates i mean some of the things that we've been talking about here is machine learning yep. and sort of fight bias about diversity. So that's a really interesting tool that's coming down the chain at some point, I think. And artificial intelligence is another thing that we're looking at in terms of analyzing video interviews. 
you know, this is this is quite a few years off, I'd say, but I think, you know, if video calls are going to take over, I think, you know, the AI to analyze people's, you know, the way they move, their face moves and whatever, I think, you know, that that, that sort of technology will be coming into play at some point in the future, I, you know, how long that's going to be. But I think ultimately we need to embrace it. And if there's things that can come out that can help streamline the processes that we're doing, um, help us make better informed decisions about the right type of candidates for us and you know, ho hopefully th make things more diverse because certainly in the automotive industry it's there's a there's a lack of females for starters although you know we we, we are doing quite well in that regard but you know I think there's going to be a complete change to to digital everything's going to be digital you probably get chatbots saying you know thanks for applying and you know you probably won't speak to a person to a bit further down the line there's always going to be a need for people to interact with people because in my job, if I wasn't able to sell the position to someone, you know, by speaking to them, I probably wouldn't have as many people joining our business. So the personal side will always be there, but I think the, the digital side of it is going to come very fast. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with that, that where humans need to be is the part where we need humans to be. Yeah. I think when it comes to, answering very specific questions like i don't know um if you're in a defense company are you security cleared or do you have a british passport that's the yeah. kind of stuff that yeah we don't need to machine can take. like a machine can take yeah. that yeah. and I, I don't know if you you've seen them but what's your opinion on tools where a candidate can do an interview and then you can watch it afterwards just to see how they've answered questions yeah no we we, we did do that actually before before lockdown we had a couple of uh, marketing roles where we just asked someone a couple of questions and they they literally done a video interview with no one at the other end yeah we found that against the cvs it was a complete change around in terms of like the people that we thought were going to be great really yeah. weren't very good interesting i think cvs are gonna not, not disappear because i think you always need a profile but I, I think there'd be less importance placed on that as opposed to other things because you know, some people are very good at writing CVs, other people not so great. And you might be missing out on great candidates just because they don't know how to present a CV. Yeah, I've, uh, I will openly admit that I work in the industry I do and I've not updated my CV <laughs> since yeah. about 2012. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, so I agree. I think CVs are completely broken because yeah, most of the way that I write my CV mean I'm not good at my job. No, and, and, and that's the thing, you might be missing out. I mean, I'm working on a very senior role at the moment where if I looked at the CVs, I think there'd be like you know, mid-level people applying for jobs. And yeah. It's just mad that these people have like got a wealth of experience and they just don't know how to format or you know, maybe they haven't had to apply for a job for 10, 15 years. Yeah. It's like, you know, that the markets move so quickly from that point that if you've got someone coming back and answering a question to something you think is critical for the role and they articulate it in a much better way than their CV, then I think, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, I don't think CVs are the be all and end all, by the way, for sure. But no, we, we, we've already tried to start embracing that. But, you know, from a candidate's point of view, they normally go, oh, no, oh, I don't like this. So, you know, it's trying to balance it out between still getting people interested in speaking with you and coming up with a process. That's, uh, help attract better people and, and and get you the better talent that you need as well i think it's come it's the it's comfortability with whatever the role is will depend will determine yeah because yeah. yeah. 
if you're looking at a, I don't know, CFO, that yeah. kind of role, it's like a CFO probably hasn't wrote, rewritten a CV in 10 years. No, no, exactly. And, uh, and therefore, by the way, I'm not saying that you're looking for a CFO, just to clear that up for the listeners. Yeah. Um, but uh, so therefore their CV might be eight pages long because that's, yeah. that's how everyone used to do it. It used to be reels and reels of pages of uh, yeah. stuff. But if I'm an engineer, I want to be judged based on my GitHub. I want to be based uh, on my yeah. actual code, not yeah. on how many times do I put Java on the on my CV. No, yeah, which is right, you know, and, and, and that's what I'm here to try and do that. But it'd be nice if we've got something that can help from a technology point of view to try and do that just to save on time. Because for me to go through every CV and then speak to every person on every job, you know, obviously that's just just far much too much time basically isn't it it's, it's just, time consuming it's always yeah also- hundreds of cvs and you know as you say i've got to look for reasons to speak to people as opposed to you know looking for reasons to say no so um yeah no it's an interesting one i think yeah cvs will definitely move less and less of importance i think yeah agree, uh, agree. and it'd be more about what you do regarding as you say if you're a developer you know more aligned to sort of technical tests and technical aptitude uh, and cultural fit cool so we've got to the end of the podcast firstly thank you very much for all for attending yeah uh, thanks. hopefully thanks everyone that is listening in has found it insightful what is the best way to reach out to you after this if if people want to ask you any more questions yeah i mean obviously i'm quite easily found on, on linkedin probably the the best way i'm on the careers page as well uh at Cops automotive so um yeah one of those two platforms is probably the best way to contact me and be happy to speak to anyone if they've got any interest in what we do or you know ultimately trying to you know if they want to work for us in the future as well so we're really interested in business and hopefully people will start to see that more and more now amazing and then as always if anyone has any questions about the podcast or any queries um about anything we've gone through today if you reach out via hello at hackerjob.co thanks again for your time yeah thanks a lot cheers